Iowa everywhere. Live from the Channel Seed Studios. Channel Seed Studios. This is Jared and Jabo and Iowa everywhere. Where? Jared Stansberry. Jared Stansberry. Jordan Bohannon. Jordan Bohannon. Together on Iowa everywhere. Channel Seed. Seedsmanship at work. Yo, welcome into the podcast. Channel Seed Studios. Here on Iowa everywhere. What's going on, everybody? What's up, Jordan? What's going on? Hi, Jared. How are you doing today? I'm great. Got my cold brew in me. I am having a hell of a day. Oh, I'm glad you got your cold brew in since we had to wait an hour after we planned to record the podcast so that you could get your fucking cold brew. Well, I, I had to get lunch too. I'm sorry. You you did say it was okay to push back a couple minutes. Yeah, a couple minutes. 20. Yeah. We, well, 20 we said, turned into I, 50. I said like 20. I didn't say 20 minutes on the dot. It was around round and my computer died. Yeah. Yeah. See, you were long... Can we talk about how long it takes a computer to turn back on after it dies? Unbelievable. Imagine what one of your teachers would have said to you in school. It's like you will showed up. You said, you don't got a pencil sharpened. You don't got a notebook. You don't got any stuff that you need to go to school. Like, what are you even doing? You're, are you prepared? You know, you, you should have seen me when I went to class in college, dude, I didn't bring anything. I was just going to say, you're the guy who showed up in college that just sat there with his his hoodie on and just sat in the bag while no. somebody else took notes for him because you didn't ever bring a notebook paper. Mm-hmm. To, or you'd tap somebody on the shoulder, hey, can I borrow a piece of paper? I was always really respectful of the professors and teachers, but I didn't bring any, no papers, no pencils. I had a backpack. I would, I would carry a backpack around, Jared, with my laptop, and 95% of the time it was dead, so I couldn't even use it to take notes on. So I would be like making deals with people around me. Can you give me a pe- paper pencil? Like, give you a dollar. Here, you give two dollars. Here, just, let me let me see what you guys got over there. Can I trade you a piece of gum for one piece of paper? Chewing, yeah, dude, chewing gum. Why did that become such a thing? Like in middle school and high school, people were like obsessed with having bubble gum while they're in school. There's obsessed. nothing more valuable. There's no va- more valuable commodity at a high school than a pack of gum. At when anyone ripped open a, a a new package of gum, everyone just turned their heads right right to that kid. And he was being sworn by the whole school. It's like a record scratch. Just everybody's Literally. looking. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, no, the you're the guy that at the end of the day you get home and you've got your backpack and it's just full of paper. You know, like you, it's like little kids like they just stuff all their stuff into their bag. They don't have folders, nothing like that. And then you like open it up and it's just all at the bottom of the of the bag you're like man yeah how am i ever gonna stay organized how do you ever make it through school i actually i had I guess it very, didn't take you six years so i had well i graduated in four okay i didn't graduate in six i just didn't do anything the last two years a little different a little different you're fabricating you're fabricating the story jared you're a reporter you got to figure this out here stretching i might have stretched the truth i don't think i fabricated anything it was a little fabrication but you should have seen some of my notebooks i had in college dude i i remember i was in a microeconomics class i was in a like info 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 systems and like an environmental class like i was taking a gen environmental class i kid you not i was I was like, I worked hard, but I was super lazy. Like it was like a really bad intertwine of those two characteristics as as a student. 
and I had a notebook that had the first page was microeconomics. Second page was like environmental notes. Third page was back to microeconomics from the discussion. When I had to study for test, Jared, it was it, if someone had a recorder on filming my studying sessions, they would have. You guys would have been laughing, like tears rolling down your face, because I am fumbling through these papers, Jared, trying to find. Oh, what 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 did she talk about on January third? I don't remember, and I had to fumble back. I didn't date anything either. Didn't date a single thing. Just ran. Yeah, I mean, at, at least you took notes at all. I would I would not even done that. Well, that was only like sophomore year. Sophomore year was my threshold. After that. Yeah, I uh, I was the kid who who showed up to school or showed up to class, would sit down, see if we had a participation exercise, and then strongly consider getting up and leaving and saying, <laughs> okay, I, I'll figure it out on the test later. Dude, I had a – oh, I can't believe I'm sharing this one. Shout I out to journalism a, school. But. I had a – you're going to die at this story. I, I don't know why I'm even sharing this, but I had a class. It was physics of everyday life. And there was this uh, lecture every, it was, I think it was twice a week. I went, I, they didn't take attendance, I don't think. I don't, not that I remember. I only went three times that entire semester. I went for the midterm, the first midterm, the second midterm, and the final. That was the only three times I ever showed up to that class. And I passed it with a B minus. Yeah, I had, I took a history of Iowa class that was kind of like that where we had, it was four grades. It was two papers and two tests. I showed up for the two tests and I showed up to, to hand in my two papers. I got, uh, I remember I got a B on one paper an a on another, a B on one test and an a on another. And then on my final, the professor wrote, you only came to class four times. So I can't give you an a in, in, uh, in good conscience gave me a C. I was like, hey. All right. Whatever. Get degrees. Yeah. I was like, Hey, what I passed. That's all that matters to me, I guess. Uh, but it was funny because he said it the first day, he's like, yeah, there's no participation for attendance. And then he knocked me for not coming to class. Well, the yeah. second I heard there's no participation for attendance, I was like, well, I'm not coming ever again. Then. Those are the best classes though. I had a, guess what? Guess what my best grade was in college. What class it was. Oh, what do you think? Uh, it was probably something really hard because you actually had to work on it. What was, it was it? Business calculus. I got an A plus. I got a ninety eight percent in business calculus <laughs> of all classes I ever took. Yeah, I figured it was going to be something like that that you actually had to try hard to to be able to pass. I would have that not was, been able to get an A plus in business calculus. I no. can tell you that much. Well, I mean, I took st uh, business stats like three times. I took intro to financial accounting twice. Those I took three different meteorology classes. Uh, the first one that I took was a, was a meteorology for agronomy majors at Iowa state. Mm. And it was one of the hardest classes I ever had to take. It was like, <laughs> you know, about rain patterns and all this kind of stuff. And it was just, it was way over my head. It was a bad deal. Those bad talk deal. about professions don't be held accountable. Referees and meteorologists. What's going on here? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> referees and meteorologists no they go hand in hand do they not they do they do they make a lot of wrong calls they every once in a while they'll make a good one and and people will give them give them their flowers but other than that it's just telling people how they're wrong all the time yeah yeah it's as a golfer i try to golf every day and i i see the weather prediction saying it's gonna rain just ruins my day
they're not they're not held accountable all right we got a couple stories to talk about here on today's podcast now that we're almost 10 minutes into it uh the ncaa football game they've reached a deal with a company to uh, allow players to be able to opt in to participation and have their name image and likeness represented in the game uh and then the the swarm collective announced yesterday uh the swarm golden ale uh which will have 20 percent of its revenue uh, with exile brewing company uh will go towards the swarm collective um and iowa student athletes let's start with the the ea sports story uh, this came out earlier today that EA Sports had struck a deal with one team partners to compensate athletes for their likenesses in the games. Uh, players will be able to opt into the program, um, and if they don't opt in, then the, their likeness will be replaced by a generic player. Uh, details of how players will receive payment, what kind of structure of payment there will be, have not been finalized. Uh, but the general consensus of what I've been able to figure out is that it will be a somewhat even distribution of, of funds to everybody probably put it into a pool and everybody will get basically the same amount of money. Um, what do you think of, of the decision or now, I guess what has long been thought to be in the works, uh, finally being a, a done deal. Yeah, obviously with the Ed O'Bannon case against NCA uh, a few years back, this has, this has been kind of a controversy with players playing, or I guess players' likeness being used for commercial purposes. Um, I have a little insights for this because I actually, uh, one of my part-time jobs working with the NCPA, with National College Players Association, I'm still on, still uh, on payroll with them too. But um, last year, we we actually met with the EA Sports and we talked about how there can be a way that players can co can exist in these games and still have compensation for it because ultimately that was the issue, right? When the Ed O'Bannon case came out, like there, he was suing because they're using these players, not obviously not using their names, but they, they look just like them and play, people are buying the games, using them for commercial purposes and making, you know, millions of dollars of it from every year from these players. So I think the main thing when we had that discussion a year ago and they're tired, they're, they're just starting to talk to universities about getting their uses for their licenses, for their logos and all that for on their schools. Um, but we talked about a lot way back then that players want to be a part of these games, right? Like how cool is it? You're playing as your own self or playing as another team and you see, you know, them on a video game, like that makes the game so much, so, so cool and so much spe more special. Um, so, and they were very understanding. I think that was a great thing about working with EA sports is they wanted to figure this out, but they wanted to figure out before getting, they want to get players approval, which I think was fantastic. I think this is a great step forward for, um, the company as, as EA sports goes along with their future with this game. And, um, yeah, that was one of my favorite games. I don't know about you. That, I always love playing NCAA football. Yeah. That's uh, by far my favorite game of all time when that game finally drops again, it'll be like a record scratch on my life of I'm going to play this game again. Finally. Uh, it'll just be interesting to see how this works out because I, this is a lot of people that have to opt into a program that they have to go out of their way to be involved in, you know, like a lot of, obviously there's a hundred people that are on scholarship or, you know, or on a traveling roster for the average college football team that makes it well over a thousand people 
to be able to opt into this game for them to to be able to get their name, image, and likeness in it. And that's where the compensation part of it will be interesting because it I'll be interested to know how t- how closely tied it is to how well the game performs, um, how much money the game makes, and if it's just going to be something that's kind of like, okay, we're going to get this pool of money within this amount of time, and once that time comes up, boom, everybody gets a check for the same amount of money. I don't know. Those are just things that we just don't know yet. Yeah, I mean, that's a little different thing with compared to NCAA football and say, I think it was called March Madness at some point when they released that game. There's uh, so many football guys that are part of the game. So you're talking about a lesser pool of money for some of these players. Um, and we talked about it before the show and we're going over this, that it, they're kind of going back. They're tiptoeing a, a dangerous slope with this because they're doing a great thing, right, with having players opt in. But if they just have one player that they're maybe they slip through the production or trying to uh, development of the game and it looks somewhat like someone else, they're, they're back in another lawsuit because of that player, maybe not opt in or he, maybe he didn't even know about it. And they found out that he's in the game or something like that. That looks just like him. Now, granted it's a little different for NCAA football because you have helmets on and stuff like that, but it didn't take a lot for Ed O'Bannon to, I mean, that was a $42.2 million lawsuit that was settled with EA sports and then CA. I feel like this would be, it would be hard for me to believe that like, Oh, I didn't know about it would stand up in court now, but I don't you know, know if, if they have this process, because this is going to be a huge thing. Like this is going to be a huge thing in locker rooms and all that kind of stuff, you know? So it's like, I get where you're coming from. I, I certainly understand what you're saying, but I think that the fact that they're allowing these people to opt in and choose, it's like, if you choose not to do it, then like, you know, I don't know. You know, the game has to have something that will be built into it that will try and prevent it from being something that's, you know, somebody that's real. It's just like, it's just going to be random, you know? And if it's just random, how much can the company be held accountable for that? If it's like, Oh, there's a random roll of the dice. This guy kind of happened to look like the guy that just happens to play that position for this specific school, you know? Yeah. I'll be interesting to see too, along with that point, like how some, cause some of these schools didn't opt in, right? There, there's some schools that are not opt in for the FB. Uh, Last I knew that's like 120 of the 133. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I don't know what the background. Some of them were schools. holding out until this though. They were holding oh, out they until they got this put in place. I think Michigan, maybe Northwestern. They're like, until we have a plan put in place for how the players can benefit, then we're not going to opt in. We're not going to yeah. be involved in this. Yeah. That makes their sense, expectation yeah. was that they would be involved in the game. Yeah. yeah. And from a university uh, standpoint, they'd be stupid not to, because it's pretty much free publicity for their school. Like you think about a little kid playing with, you know, a Michigan football team, like I'm, I might be digging deep into it, but I mean, shit, that, that might be a potential recruit right there. Like going to your school, whether it's a normal student or an athlete, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it, that that right there is huge for a university standpoint. It's just the same thing like when you have a big big time run with the NCAA team and March Madness, right? With them in a Final Four. Like think how much Florida Atlantic probably made from your university just having that that run this past year. Like it's well, think how many think how many schools you're exposed to just because of playing those games. You know, right. like the little random schools that you can start your career at. If it's Louisiana Monroe or like 
Appalachian state, whoever, you know, middle Tennessee state, like you're just like, man, I'm just going to start with some random school and that exposes you to their school and you start to learn about their traditions and things like that. And you can, you know, I think that's, what's so great about the game. And I mean, I feel like now there's going to be players who gain notoriety from this, that, you know, maybe would just like, no one would ever know who they are, but if you start your career with Tulane or you start your career with Hawaii, you know, and they've got a good star wide receiver that you can ride. And it's like, it's a real guy. And you're like, man, like that would be pretty cool, you know? And that's something that I feel like the players are gaining free advertising on some level too, where it's like, and you, you know, you're getting a little cash on the side as well. Uh, you definitely can fit up like some sponsorship deals within the game too. I'm curious how they're going to develop it from a live standpoint. Like obviously they're going to roll the game out. First of all, I'm curious how it's going to do because what we were researching on before the show is the EA sports, just football alone was $80 million annually from 1993 average on average from 1993 to 2013. So is that number going to be higher or lower? Like you just don't know how, how it's going to be perceived in the public since then. I would imagine it'd be a lot higher. So there could be a lot of options that they could go about. Knowing, uh, knowing EA, it will be packed with microtransactions. Uh, <laughs> the ultimate ultimate team will be pushed heavily. And, uh, the points that you'll need to buy in order to be good at ultimate team will be pushed heavily. That's my hope is that they put, that they put enough time into, into dynasty mode because that's what, that's NCAA football at the end of the day is the dynasty mode. And they put most of their resources into that instead of, of into something that's going to be like a passive, a, a passive income stream for them, which is basically what Madden is at this point and really FIFA too. So what do you, what do you, what do you like playing more of the NCAA March Madness games? Even 2k came out with some nice NCAA basketball games. Those were fun as well. Mm-hmm. shooting on the like the back the the blacktop before the game transition to the college stadium like that was sick but I could, ncaa football is like they're totally they're two totally different games to be the honest ncaa basketball games dude had the best presentation ncaa 10 with blake griffin on the cover had the best presentation of any sports video game i have ever seen to this day where it had both espn with like big monday and all that stuff mixed in and then it had the cbs with Gus Johnson and those guys calling games as well. Like that was way ahead of its time for what it was. And yeah, you're out there shooting with Blake Griffin and you could never miss. He would make every shot, no matter what his t- your shot timing was, he would always be out there and then just throwing down nasty dunks. Dude, just the nostalgia of going back to video games, is the lost art, like it really is like, that was so much, that was so much of my childhood too. Like, I feel like that's not even people don't know is like turning on a PS three back in the days and turning on a call of duty or even like battlefield back then. But even like these sports games, dude, like those games are the most legendary games. And you're right. They're so ahead of their time. What do you think it costs to buy a copy of NCAA March Madness 10 right now on, on eBay? Oh, that's a, it could be really high or really low. I'm going to go on the low side, a dollar. It's so high. It is. It's really high, isn't it? Man, there's somebody on here selling the case for thirty dollars. Oh, see, I was. I, I don't know. You could even went either way on that one, though. Yeah, the one that I'm seeing right here is is ninety. If you're getting it less than a hundred dollars, you should probably be pretty happy. Yeah, ah, those games are so much fun. 
I'm surprised they haven't done mods for it like what they've done for because they've done mods for the NCAA football where it's like NCAA football revamped and you can send your Xbox mm -hmm. in and they'll mod it and all that stuff and then you'll have like all the new teams. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised they have not done that for the basketball one. Yeah. I had such I, I remember playing with my brother, my oldest brother Jason in Wisconsin on uh for NCAA basketball. I had dude, I was just pulling up with just random guys on their team, like walk-ons on their team that would come in. And that was the best. I had such a fun time. That makes me want to start crying. Man, NCAA football, I still have my Xbox just so that I can play NCAA football. Every once in a while, I'll just get that, yeah, I'm going to pull this thing out here and fire it up, you know. And when they introduce the online mode too, when you're playing against random people, one-on-one, -on -one, they had that pump fake glitch, you pump fake, and all the – safeties would fly up you know wide open receiver downfield man what a game dude i'm glad that it's coming back it'll if they fuck it up i'm gonna be so mad dude i i don't know that i'll be i could be more disappointed than it's like if it just is another 2k the i mean not i don't know but what do you not, i mean not 2k but actually more if it's just another madden madden is a horrible game dude and it has been the same game for years. That that will be a really sad deal if it, if NCAA football is just another version of that. I mean, what do you do to change it though? Like, it's not like a shooter game or it's like a sports game, right? Like, it's going to be the same concept every single year. It is, but I, Madden is just so like cheesy, you know. The, and then the way that they give people the abilities and all these kinds of things, like it. You, if you load in and play a game of Madden right now, I can guarantee you the team that you are playing against will have Eric Dickerson at running back, and they will run halfback stretch on every single play over and over and over again, and there is no defense that can stop it. And that's like, and that's all you have to do to be able to win, you know. And I hate that that's the way that that a football game is played is it's just like cheese plays. You know what was the best? The football game was the the, uh, the blitz game. Oh yeah, have you ever seen that? Yeah, NFL you just like yeah. you truck stick someone and they break like fifteen bones in their in their leg and you go on the sideline and they shoot them up with some I don't even know what kind of medicine it was and they're back in the yeah. game two minutes later. Uh did you ever play Slug Fest? Yeah. Where you could yeah, where you could punch the fielders to keep them from fielding the uh the baseball? Yep. Dude, I'm I played way back on my uh desktop backyard baseball, the original backyard baseball. Pablo Sanchez, yep. Wheeler. Yep. People have no idea back then how great video games were. Man, that that was my first exposure to video games as well, was that game on a Dell laptop in like yep. 2002. Yep. Backyard football too. They had all the backyard games. On they had backyard basketball, Kevin Garnett on the cover. Kevin Garnett yep. and Lisa Leslie. Yep. yep. So ahead of their time. Pablo Sanchez is one of the great athletes in American history, and he just doesn't he doesn't get the recognition that he probably deserves. He's not talked about. I feel bad for the guy. I feel bad for him. feel bad for him. All right. Uh, the Swarm Collective and Exile Brewing Company with their uh, new partnership to launch the custom brewed Swarm Golden Ale. 20% of revenue from sales will be donated to the Swarm Collective. Uh, quote, NIL has created a new landscape for college athletics, and this is a unique opportunity to generate passive revenues for the Swarm Collective. We hope that Iowa will pridefully consume this beverage, knowing that they are also assisting the efforts of the Swarm. Uh, that was from CEO of the Iowa Swarm, Brad Heinrichs. 
in a press release. Thoughts on the Swarm Golden Ale? I don't know about you, but I think this is a fantastic partnership. Surprise, more universities haven't done this already. I'm not surprised Iowa is the first one or at Iowa School is the first one. Um, but I think it's great marketing for the swarm, great marketing for the university, great marketing for recruits to come in and realize that they have a community backing them and they have, they have different, um, things they're doing to, you know, get money in the players pockets. Um, the thing that's still struggling with me is, I don't know, man, there, I think there needs to be a separation for some of these schools with football and basketball, right? Like, there's just so many football players since we're on the topic of the video game. There's just, so, there's a huge pool of football players at every university. Right. And I think some of these collectors are just getting lost in the fact that I feel like a basketball team might suffer because you know how much football players are and the, the collectives are basically, basically only pushing the football football teams. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Like football creates an insane amount of revenue. Like they should be getting a lot of the, a lot of the revenue that are coming from the collective already. Um, but I, I see down the line that that's going to become a struggle with some of these basketball teams, even women's basketball teams, um, teams that are connected to some of these collectives that there's going to be some suffering on where the money's going, but it's not, it's not a bad thing. Like, I, I don't want to make this be a dwelling thing on it being connected, but I think there needs to be a point where it gets separated. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that in a perfect world, every team would have their own collective, you know, but also you need to have like some strength in numbers of like, we don't want to have everybody pulling in different directions. Right. You know? Yeah. So I understand uh, both sides of it. The, I think, I think you would be surprised. Uh, sports like, you know, you would think women's basketball would be hurt. From what I understand, that is not the case based on some of the numbers that are being thrown around. Uh, in some places with women's basketball, uh, wrestling also not hurting in the NIL space, not hurting in the collective space as far as, uh, as funds, uh, it, talking with Kevin dresser earlier this week when on the cyclone tailgate tour, and he said that the money in wrestling is as big as it is at, in football at Alabama or Georgia, uh, across the country. And which is huge money, obviously. So like, I don't think that, like, I think there might be some football programs that get hurt by the fact that some of these other sports are making big money, you know, like it, it's going to be interesting to see who, how people make decisions of what's going to get allocated where, you know, because you can't afford to put You can't afford to pay a hundred football players, $50,000, but you could afford to pay, but could you afford to pay 10 women's basketball players, $50,000 and have a pretty damn good team? Probably, you know, yeah, no, that's a great point. I, I think I was more getting at like the fact of the allocation for directly from these NILs, right? Like the mm -hmm. like the beer sales being more heavily generated to the football team, which it should be because there's more players and make more revenue, right? I think that's I think that's the that's gonna be a key thing. You're right on how everything's gonna be allocated in the next few years based off NIL collectives, based off people giving donations to. Um, and then I collected that's going heavily for a football team or a basketball team, but dude, it's, it's a crazy environment. I think I, that's what, I think that's what's making it so fun right now is because these little marketing schemes, like this beer sales, 
like this, this stuff is great. Like it's, it's going to help the athletes. It's going to help the universities. I mean, how great, how smart is it by not only the NI collective, but XL brewing on wanting to do this partnership. Like this is just going to take their sales to the roof for their company. Like this is so smart for them. And I hope this beer, it says that the swarm golden ale will be easy drinking, well-balanced, clean and tailgate ready. I'm glad that we have the emphasis on clean first things first. <laughs> that's a bizarre. Yeah. That's a bizarre characteristic uh but i hope that it's something that is pretty because it's like you want it to be something that people buy a lot of you know people don't go in into you know i I just i guess for me personally if it's going to be a tailgate saturday i don't imagine myself going in and being like oh yeah i'm gonna get me a big old case of whatever craft beer you know and i'm gonna chug a bunch of eight percent craft beers today at the tailgate you know i want to get something that's going to be nice and light and is going to allow me to propel myself all the way through the day you know propel i don't want to ha- i don't want to take a nap i don't want to take a nap in the third quarter i want to still be riding uh riding the wave catching the vibe i tell you what i don't know you guys that drink ipas and sling those back like they're pop rocks you guys are fucking psychos you guys are actually psychos. I have two and my tummy hurts. I need a Pepto-Bismol <laughs> or a Tums. That like that seriously though. More I'll than buy a two six pack of hours every once in a while, and I'll have one, and I'll be like, it. It's like a treat, you know. Yeah. You, by the time that you're done, you feel like you've had like two milkshakes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or like you have one IPA and you. Dude, I don't know. I can barely stand up and walk after one. I'm like, this stuff is powerful. So it makes me want to fly. You're just admitting to being a lightweight. That's all you're doing. I am a lightweight. Well, I mean, I'm 172 pounds (laughs) and I drink maybe once every other week. So yeah, I am a a lightweight. Man, I just, all I'm I'm saying is I hope that people can throw back swarm golden ale like they can throw back bush lights. Like if they really want to maximize this, the potential here, then this needs to be the kind of beer that you could drink an entire case of if you wanted to. I'll tell you what, are, am I, are we going to see a Jared Sansbury uh, video of him drinking a swarm or is this never going to happen? Never going to happen. I'm not giving any Ever. money to any collectives, not Ever. giving any money to any collectives on you're either not. side. You're drinking, you're giving money to the beer. You're drinking the beer. No, I'm giving money to the collective, giving 20% of my money to the collective. I'm yeah. not giving any money to the collectives. No one will know though. You just want, a, you just like the beer. So I'm you're saying the beer is the best tasting party. beer in the world. You're never going to have it. If someone said this is the best beer I've ever had in my entire life and they meant it, I would try the beer. Okay. I would do the same. If there was an Iowa state beer, I would try it. If someone said that it was the best beer they'd ever had in their entire life. I, I mean, why wouldn't there be? I would try without it. Brent Bloom would... better be on this thing. That's all I'm saying. Brent Bloom better be on this. Getting Iowa They're lacking Iowa State. We gotta get going in Ames. What are we doing? Yeah. I was like beer too much for the. They've been waiting too long for this. Someone argue this has been taking too long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would imagine there will be. I think that they're working on a whiskey. Actually, I was great idea. I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's true. Hopefully I didn't just say something that's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> uh, no, they, I would think that this will be something that a lot of different places will do. Um, I think I saw somebody did it. Actually, there was another school that announced one yesterday. It was like Cincinnati or something yeah. like that announced one. And uh, like, that's just easy stuff, you know? And that's what I think will be 
the most important for the collectives is finding those ways to create that because this is passive income for the collective. You know, Mm -hmm. this is not someone having to go out and pound the pavement to, you know, press flesh and kiss babies in order to get donations. This is just getting people to support something that they already support. You know, how do you create more of those types of scenarios? What, like, what more can you do to be able to create those types of scenarios? That's what it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And those are going to be the best collectors, right? With the more of the passive income, like you're going to, great. You're going to have the revenue from, you know, big donations and boosters. Right. But the ones I feel like they're going to have the separation of the more of the passive income marketing schemes they are doing, they're able to, I mean, you got to look on both sides, you know, like you got to look at the fans, like, are they enjoying their experiences? And is it going to be profitable for your NI collective? Like a beer passive income marketing scheme, that's perfect, right? Like Iowans love their beer and it's going to be great for the NI collective. And I think those are the, if, if an NI collective can satisfy those two things, they're going to be very, very successful in the next few years. All right. I had one more story uh, that I thought we could go over before, uh, before, and then I've got a one more fun one. Uh, the NFH, the NFHS, earlier this week announced that the bonus rule is changing in high school football or high school basketball. Uh, there will no longer be the one and one uh, fouls will re- uh, reset at the end of each quarter, five fouls in a quarter, two shots for each bonus foul or each bonus um, free throw. What, what do you think on the elimination of the one and one and now uh, go into the rolling uh, fouls where you just roll them over or they uh, erase after the end of each, of each quarter? Well, it's smart because that's exactly what they do in college, correct? So I think uh, no, that isn't. That's what they do in women's college, but not in men's college. No. Wait, well, yeah, I thought this is only for women's basketball. No, it's for boys and girls. Oh, it's for boys and girls. Yeah. You see, I don't like that. You're not adapting the game. I thought. I thought when I read this article, I saw this earlier in the day. I thought it was just strictly for women's, for girls into women's basketball. If it's for both sports, like what are we doing? Yeah, what I'm reading says it says it is just for high school basketball in general. That's bizarre. Well, here, but here, let me ask you this: Now that we've done this, who's the one that's fighting? Who's going against the grain? Because everybody else here has become uniform in the way that they do this. Besides men's college basketball, men's college basketball is the only one that does it different now. Yeah, but it's a different sport, right? It's not women's. Ba- I feel like they have to make women's basketball. Not not saying this in a bad way, but in a way that fits the sport perfect. Right. And but the, the NBA sport, does this it's still a different sport. Like you can't compare college bass men's basketball to NBA. It's a different sport. I agree with you. I, I'm not, I'm not saying you're not, you're not wrong. Like I, I think they should do the same exact thing to propel these athletes to be ready for the next level. But from the aspect, it's a two, two totally different sports right now. So I don't understand why they would do that at the high school level for both the sports because women's basketball in college is totally different from men's basketball in college. I think the intended aim is probably to just try and give the game some more flow so that it's not like a team gets into the bonus in the first quarter and then there's going to be 50 free throws, you know? Tell tell Tommy to stop fucking fouling. (laughs) Dude's a hack. Comes in, gets two fouls off the bench. Like, dude, you gotta, you gotta play a little better defense. Hey man, these officials, dude, you know that these officials are like, dude, don't blame Tommy. Don't blame Tommy. You know who these guys in the stripes are. 
Tommy had his hands up. He wasn't fouling. We're protecting the officials out here. They get too whistle happy. We're not gonna shoot. We're not gonna shoot a million free throws anymore. Yeah. You, you get five. They get way too happy. And then sometimes they choke their whistle a little bit. It's okay. We gotta figure it out. You can't you can't blame Tommy. Yeah. See, we're but now I like how we're protecting the bad free throw shooters. We're taking the one and one out. And and all of a sudden now the bad free throw shooters have no there's no ramifications to being ba- a bad free throw shooter other than you're just gonna miss your two, you know. I see I like the one and one though. Like see it embarrasses bad free throw shooters. That's what I'm saying. Like it exposes people. I know, which is that should be sports, right? You should expose the bad. Yeah. For the for the good to rise, right? Like that's I feel like that's the whole point of the next level in sports. Like you have to kind of weed out the the Tommy. What if they made out, what if out. they made all free throws one and one instead of two? I wouldn't mind that, but I mean what do you do when you get fouled on a three? Are, are, I think in that scenario, foul? if it's a foul, yeah, I'd say if it's a shooting foul, all bonus shots are, are one and one. I would like that. I think, cause then you get, you get awarded for, for being a good free throw shooter, right? You get mm-hmm. awarded for making first free throw. You get another opportunity to get another point. I, w- I would agree with that. I don't agree with the, the boys and the girls having the same exact set of rules. If they're different at the next level. I mean, I don't, I don't think that makes sense. Does it, do you? No, but that's where I would imagine that men's college basketball has to be getting close to making this change. They've experimented with with a variation of this, where in the NIT where they've done it, where I think at ten minutes the fouls reset. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I would like it to see to be like the NBA. I don't want to say I don't, but right now I feel like they're so far from the NBA. They're either gonna have to change all the rules at once or keep it what it is you know what i'm yeah. saying i was just surprised to see that out of nowhere the other day i was like that's kind of a random kind of a random time to just i guess change a rule like that but I mean, this is probably about the same time they added the shot clock last year too so yeah i mean the shot clock should have been the first thing like now you're looking at from if you watch nba basketball the pace after watching college basketball nca march madness tournament it's like nine and day right right like the six seconds means so much in, yeah. in the, flow of the flow of the game of basketball. The NBA, man, just drives me nuts. The only thing that this is just is what makes the NBA really hard to watch sometimes is how much people complain. <laughs> like it, it, that makes it tough at times. I wish that that was the one thing that I wish could give it rained in. It's like, just, you just play the game sometimes, you know? But I understand it. There's a game within the game too of like why people do it. So yeah, well, yeah, that, that's why I was gonna get at. Like, there, I mean, you gotta think about how much money's on the line for some of these individuals. Like, some of these guys are literally fighting and clawing every game to stay on the team. Right. So, I mean, you're gonna do everything you can to try to see. That was one thing that changed my mind after playing in the G League and playing with some of these NBA players that've been up there and are we're going up there half and half and how much they complain. They have so much on the line. Like, if they truly believe they weren't fouled or something was called wrong, you better believe your ass. They're going to be on the official because, I mean, shit. That that's their whole livelihood right there, and they're fucking with the refs are fucking with it. Oh, for sure. It's just as funny. Like Draymond Green is not fighting for his life. Right. You know? Yeah, that's a little like LeBron story. James isn't fighting for his his basketball life. You know. So it's like that's those are the kinds of guys that I'm talking about that 
and I, I'm a Draymond or not a Draymond. I'm a LeBron fan. So I'm not going to sit here and like knock LeBron all day, but man, there are some moments where LeBron certainly milks it, you know, and oh, you're just like, Hey man, right. just, yeah, just get back and play defense, dude. Like just do your thing. I, it was, it's so crazy to me too, because I, I want to appreciate his greatness so much. And when he does stuff like that, Jared, it ruins like me wanting to watch him. It really does. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's the feeling with some. I know some of my friends feel the same exact way. But he is so such a great basketball player. You don't need to be like that. This is how I feel about Joel Embiid and falling down. He falls down all the time. And Anthony I just Davis. I just yeah. Anthony Davis is the same thing. I just want to be like, stay on your feet, bro. Yeah. Like, why are you on the floor all the time? You know how you know where you're a worse basketball player when you're laying on the floor. Yeah. You're an awesome basketball player when you're standing up, like just stay on your feet and keep playing basketball. And, but that's like, that's just what makes the league really hard to watch sometimes. And yeah. they, those guys are so good at tricking the refs too, into calling things that sometimes you're just like, man, this is bogus, you know, but it's just, that's what, that's what the they NBA do though. Game. Yeah. yeah. Because I think that's why they complain so much too. Cause they know they'll get a call back for them in a couple of plays. Oh yeah. Yeah. And the NBA refs know it too. They're like, yeah, I missed it. I'm going to, I'll make it up for you. You know, yeah. like it's just, yeah. doesn't happen in college basketball. No. If they, if they suck in college basketball, they're just going to suck. There's no, there's no intention behind it. It's just, they just stink. Well, the probability is in the favor of the refs sucking rather than not sucking. So probably you kind of, you kind of, you got to be, when you, when you step foot on the college basketball floor, you got to prepare for the refs to suck. All right, NBA one, is a little different. All right, I got one fun story for you. Uh, Colorado man, this comes from the Associated Press. Colorado man tries to trade places with dog to avoid DUI arrest. Uh, this happened in Springfield, Colorado. A driver who was pulled over for speeding tried to switch places with his dog to avoid arrest. Police in Colorado said an officer watched him maneuvering inside the car before he got out on the passenger side on Saturday night in Springfield, the town of about 1,300 people in the state's eastern plains. The man said he was not behind the wheel and clearly showed signs of being drunk. Police said he ran from the officer with when asked about how much he had to drink and was caught within about 20 yards. Uh, after being taken to the hospital, to be checked out. The man was arrested. Uh, thoughts on trying to avoid the DUI arrest by switching spots with your dog. My thoughts are what happened to the dog while the guy, while the owner is running 20 yards away from the police. Did the dog the stay there? Just, sitting there watching he's just watching <laughs> his, his owner get arrested that's a that's a hell of a dog taking a uh misdemeanor charge away from the, or, or trying to from their owner he'll dogs be the fall the guy yeah dogs he'll be the, the fall best, guy dude yeah dogs that's man's best friend right there he said <laughs> hey i don't got one yet i got you bro i got you <laughs> give you a lick on the cheek and switch seats with you oh man people are so fucking stupid dude People are so stupid. Like, what What do you think if you're the cop, you walk up and you're like, what the fuck is going on right now? Why is there a dog in the front seat? I think that's the point of the cop's, like, career and life. He's like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm watching a dog drive a car right now. And then the owner's running away. How dumb do these people think that we are? Yeah. Oh, man. People never cease to amaze us with how stupid they are. Um all right, man. You got anything else that you want to throw out there before we sign off? 
Shout out to everyone that is still watching our dime video. How idiotic and crazy oh. is that? I have yeah. continuing notifications. We have almost 22,000 people that have viewed our dime story. <laughs> Just at randomly point, that one too. Of It's at, only that one. At this point, I don't know what this podcast is anymore. I don't know either. We probably haven't gotten a single person to listen to the podcast from watching that video either. No, no. But they, I did see they've watched like that video has the watch time on. It's like 80 hours. People have spent yeah. 80 hours watching that fucking video. I'll wake up. I had 15 notifications from that video alone this morning. It's going to get over a thousand. It's going to. It's at 800 likes already. Like you guys yeah. are whoever our audience is on Instagram. I don't know. Shout they might be seven year olds, but. Yeah, I do think a lot of them are actually maybe seven-year-olds. <laughs> I was kind of keeping an eye on. I was just kind of looking at what our demographics were, and I was like, "Ooh, yeah." There's a lot of kids here. And then it's <laughs> tough. I didn't guess. I didn't realize that was our demographic. But what fucking Chuck E. Cheese for a demographic. <laughs> oh man! All right, everybody. We'll uh, talk to you guys again next week. Peace. Iowa everywhere. Thank you.